0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. Well, it is time for our Tuesday strategy panel, and we're going to begin at Queen's Park. Yesterday, the Ford government totally retreated from its very controversial autism strategy after relentless pushback and a change in the ministers helming that file. And on this show yesterday, we were talking about the government's cancellation of -of out-of-country medical coverage, which is another thing they may have to backtrack on. Now, making decisions in haste and then backing off is becoming a theme. So how damaging is it? And of course, we'll check in with the latest on the federal scene, given that that election is much closer. As always, we want to hear from you, the numbers to call. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 4740 Now I'd like to welcome in studio John Capobianco, Senior Vice President and Senior Partner, Fleischman Hillard, High Road, and Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel to National Public Relations, and in Ottawa, Ashton Arsenault, a consultant at Crestview Strategies. Hi, everybody. Hello.
2: Hello, Libby. Hello,
1: okay, so let's start with this autism file um uh, so yesterday we had the new minister todd smith uh with a, a kind of a public mea culpa he was saying that uh the government got it wrong they are giving the whole thing more time and uh uh they're going to review it top to bottom. Of course, the autism advocates have been relentless, uh, you know, and and uh, there's been a lot of criticism of the way the government handled the communications. They're actually putting forth more money than the previous government, and they just got hammered, and it was largely also, I think, a matter of style, not listening. So uh, I don't want to get into the weeds on, on that file, but isn't this becoming emblematic about, of the way they do things. <laughs>
3: Well, Libby, I think, you know, I've always believed that as long as you get it right, um, whether or not you have to go back on, on and fix something, is it's, it's you know, irrelevant. I know the opposition will make hay of the fact that, you know, the decision's been changed and whatnot, but the, the, the autism uh, advocacy in the families uh, have been at this for years, and and even in Bob's uh, liberal government uh, previous, uh, there was challenges with respect to how they were handling the autism file. You can never get it right, um, and especially with, with the parents who have autism, kids with autism, uh, you're never going to get it right. There's never going to be a solution in, in, in some way, shape, or form. There's never enough money. There's never enough care uh, for those. And, and I feel, and I feel for that for, for them. Um, but this government, I think, it, it, you know, you mentioned style and, and messaging over the last the last minister. And I think that was part of the part of the challenges. But this minister has come in and obviously uh, has rechanged it, refocused it. Has has now made it back into the needs needs assessment needs based uh, for individuals. I think is, is making the advocacy the the uh, autism. Advocacy Advocacy group a little bit more happier. There's much more money involved. So I think they've changed the channel on this issue. And and you know, not not everyone's gonna be happy, but I think they're happier.
1: Yeah, and, and of course, Bob, in the meantime, one of the main treatment centers laid off most of its staff, so I don't know how you fix that. So again, do you see this as emblematic and damaging, or is it good news that, that they're recognizing their error?
4: Well, it's good news that they're recognizing their error, but it's emblematic, <laughs> both, both at the same time. This has been a fiasco from start to finish. Uh, they over-promised in opposition, said the government was doing a terrible job, and then came into government. And then was offering less money than the previous government. Well,
1: altogether more, just less. uh, Let's see. If
4: you talk to the community, they don't believe that and they haven't seen that. And when you take your children to a place that you've been going to and half the staff is laid off, that doesn't look like more money to too many people. So I think they also picked she has some strengths and some weaknesses but the exact wrong minister for the first year in that portfolio she's very combative and you needed somebody who is calm quiet can work with groups figure out some solutions and move things forward i think todd smith is a much better choice in that regard for uh, for this uh, for this lucky todd uh, smith getting that but, file but the Autism advocates uh, should be giving lessons on uh, government relations to a whole variety of other groups because they are ferocious. They did uh, a very, very good job getting their point of view across. Um, they were ably aided by some people, notably Michael Cotto, uh, a member, uh, an MPP who did a good job for them, and uh, and a few others. But um, the Ford government really needs to get its act together and get away from the podium signs and the slogans and focus a little bit more on the substance of things. And if they did that, they would have less problems like this.
1: Ashton Arsenault, your view? Yeah, I think Minister Smith
2: delivered a messaging overhaul, which has been received well thus far. Uh, I just want to go back to what John said. You're never going to make anybody happy on this particular file. Uh, And in the minister's own words, uh, they didn't get it right. I think what we have to have perspective on um, is how personal and how close to home this is for many Ontarians. Uh, clearly, many people felt that the original path taken by government wasn't in the best interest for them or their families. And you know what? That's how the system's designed to work. Uh, we all know that governments don't always get it right, and it's up to the people to inform them when they get it wrong. Uh, I think this is a case where people were heard loud and clear, uh, and the government is responding in kind. So uh, if you want leadership, this is leadership. It's not always a, a roundabout way of getting there, but eventually they got there.
1: Yeah, and again, it's it's not the only thing. Uh, you know, uh, there is this business about out of country travel insurance. It's a it's a small item, and yes, that that particular system there were huge administrative costs, but there might be a, a court challenge because it cuts people out of medical coverage that that they are guaranteed to get under the Canada Health Act.
4: Go ahead. I think there's a number of different things that they've backed off on because they didn't do their homework. Another one is university fees. They went out and said, uh, "Oh, you know, we're we're not going to let you charge fees uh, for this, that, and the next thing." Well, once it once the issue was explained to them, all of a sudden, a variety of things were then exempted right away. I mean, do your homework. Uh, that's, that's what government is about. And you should do your homework before you rush into things. And I think there's been a little bit too much of that you didn't have that. If if I can be nonpartisan for a moment, you didn't have that with the with the Mike Harris government. Mike Harris, whether you liked him or not, had a plan. They'd gone through their plan. They had a number of people at the top who had been in government before, uh, and they executed against their plan. I didn't vote for them, but they ex- ex- executed against their plan and got reelected because they looked like they knew what they were doing. This looks like you know these people fell off the set of Green Acres. So you know they got a lot of work that they need. They got a lot of work that they need to do. Uh, they have a number of good people in the cabinet, but uh, the premier's office particularly needs to get its act together.
3: Well, and I think, you know, I think a, lot, a large part is is the fact that there was 15 years of liberal government uh, and, and the liberals over the course of the last 15 years have done a lot of things and spent a lot of money and ruined this province and put this province in a have not situation. And I think, you know, Doug coming in and 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 the way he did, quite frankly, because we had a leader in Patrick Herr- Patrick Brown, who was there and obviously had to step down and by the time Doug came in and ran in the short leadership and the short campaign that he had, uh, put together a pretty good plan and a pretty good team of people to try to reverse some of the negative and, and bad stuff that the Liberals over the last 15 years uh, did, namely with the economy uh, and being, you know, coming in and finding out your $15 billion in debt is not an easy thing to deal with so I think what they've done over the last, you know, year uh, to try to fix that has been quite admirable and there's been some missteps no doubt and he's changed it and he's, he's tweaked it and he's gotten some new new in there who are doing a better job certainly in education with uh, with Stephen Lecce. Uh, we talked about Todd Smith and the work that he's done and the fact that he's doubling the money with autism from 300 million to 600 million is, is huge so so things are uh, getting corrected and yes there's it's been a sort of a bumpy road for the first little bit but I you know listen it's summer now uh, they're not coming back until after the federal election the focus will be the federal election over the course of the next couple of months uh, and I think he'll come back and uh, with, with some strong uh, strong numbers
1: okay well speaking of missteps yes Yesterday, The premier was in Peely Island, and he gave this kind of uh, very, uh, I don't know, big plug for the winery, and and suddenly people were saying uh, he's, he's plugging people who are conservative donors, and he shouldn't be doing that. So, uh, uh, here, have a
0: listen to this. We're here at Peely Island Winery in Kingsville with my all-star MVP, Rick Nichols. You know, Premier, it's an honor to have you here in
4: Kingsville. You know, this particular winery, they employ over 25 people. There's an opportunity for even more employment. Those uh, tanks, those wine tanks, contain between 5
0: and 6 million liters of some of the finest wine that people throughout the province will ever find, even worldwide. Love it. Go out and buy a bottle of Peely Island wine. It's great. It's coming to a convenience store close to you.
3: I like to live next door to those uh, tanks, Bob. Okay,
0: so uh, it makes life a lot easier.
1: Speaking of the truck at Green Acres, <laughs> <laughs> and so so in the wake of this, now l- let me just give some context. We've, so, Michael Cotto, who is running for the leadership of the Liberal Party, um, says. Uh, this government is being run by lobbyists and Ford's staff admit he's asleep at the wheel. And this is a taxpayer funded infomercial. And, uh, you know, Ford's handler says, no, he didn't know that this guy had donated money and apparently topped up the money and it was over the limit and they refunded 450 <laughs> bucks. So, uh, Ashton Arsenault, um, is, is this, you know, does this amount to anything or is it just, you know, not very sophisticated? <laughs>
2: Well, it's a good indicator of how slow it currently is with news at a Queen's Park. <laughs> a, bit a, a bit of a dog day is a summer story, absolutely. Uh, and it appears that most of the crosstalks app- actually happening online amongst partisans. As these, these things normally play out that way. Uh, what I see here is a private citizen making a personal donation to a political party of their choosing. Uh, it wasn't a nefarious donation outside of the above, which was obviously refunded. It was a personal donation. And also, just in, from a tour perspective, having been involved in these discussions before, to think that this is somehow coordinated. Look, uh, the premier's schedule doesn't get nailed down until 24, 48 hours out, and obviously things get slotted in and moved as as his meetings get extended or what have you. Um, I also want to point, about, uh, point out how common it is for politicians, uh, particularly when they're traveling in ridings, which aren't theirs, to promote products being made in the riding. Uh, There's nothing particularly new with that, uh, especially when he's alongside a local MPP or a local MP. Uh, The Premier is obviously supporting small business. But further, uh, you know, we we know that Ontarians want enhanced access to these products and others, including spirits, uh, in more convenient locations. And I think the government's taken some pretty certain steps to make sure that happens.
1: Does Bob... I'm not
4: overly panicked by this. I think we also have a decision to make in Ontario. Either we're going to have all public money for elections or we're going to have some fundraising that's allowed. And, we're, and if we're going to allow some fundraising um, uh, among individuals and businesses, then we've got to stop this nonsense that a politician can be bought for $200, you know, if right. they made a decision here or there. It's getting to the point where it's a bit ridiculous. So so I think we have a fundamental decision to make there. Um, so I don't have that big a problem Is I will add, however, it is yet another example of where the chief sloganeer gets himself into trouble. He went on about how terrible it was and how corrupt the liberals were and everything like this. And then, of course, he's running around Peely Island now. So, I mean, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like, you know, you can say, but you said this, 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 and this. That's where this guy gets himself into trouble. So, You know, again, a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more professional management, and a little bit more um, um, smarts, and they probably wouldn't be facing an issue today.
3: I uh, I shook my head when I, when I saw this story, that the fact that it became a story. And I think Ashton's right with respect to the dog days of summer and, and me- slow media days. Um, you know, with respect to going out in, in Pelee Island and, and, and promoting Ontario wine and being able to to, to promote and help and support a, a local MPP, uh, is, there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with it. And the fact that the person did contribute, whether or not the Premier knew, and I take his word that he didn't know because how many thousands of contributions are happening on a regular basis, we've got strict rules when it comes to fundraising. And, and if you go over there, they know you go over and you get refunded and all that kind of stuff and I think that uh, Bob's, Bob brings out a, a point that actually is quite valid with respect to we've got the rules and the rules are there, the media know that there are certain limits uh, and and they know that that you know no in, in no individual is going to go and, and, and be you know, no, no politician is going to be bought by a $1,000 or $300 or $400 and the fact that, that there's even a sense that that might happen is just absurd and quite frankly it is a disservice to, to, to elected officials um, but this is, it was a one day story I think it's going to be thrashed out in the in the social media, and, uh, and people are going to move on.
1: Coming out and saying buying this wine, it, it to me, it just looked kind of. But Amateurish, that's, but that's, and was he just trying to be liked or something? But yeah. that's
3: that's how the premier runs. Like if you've seen him and if <laughs> yeah, you've seen exactly. him over the last year, uh, he is a promoter. He you know he's yeah. a businessman, is a small businessman, and he believes and knows what it takes to sell. And and so when he says, "Hey, come on over and buy this beer, buy this wine," or you know, come to this grocery store and buy this cider or whatever, that's that's who he is at the core. He is a salesperson and he wants to sell and he wants to make sure Ontario gets back on track. And that's his
4: way of doing yeah. it. There's, there's I also
2: want to point out that it's certainly not exclusive to the premier either. I mean, there are ministers that do site visits in various ridings across the province. It happens at the federal level, too. And, of course, uh, as a decent politician and somebody that's fighting out for uh, local members in the area, you're going to obviously want to promote what's happening in the riding and, and veil it in a good news story, whether it's job creation, whether it's a great product or a great service. Uh, not at all unusual.
4: Yeah, this uh, this is not making my top ten list of things that you I don't like about Doug about. Ford.
1: <laughs> so uh, what, think, uh, how, what? should though? How long is your list, Bob? Uh, well, you know, it's it,
4: it can be long, but no, uh, I I I don't take this one too too seriously. And I remember during the Raptors, there was a shot of the Prime Minister watching the game with his son, and carefully positioned on the table was a local craft uh, brewer, oh. uh, uh, brewery uh, a beer. So you know, this this sort of stuff goes on all the time. I, oh, product I, I
1: placement. I, I wouldn't uh, a yeah,
4: good product placement actually so I wouldn't worry too too much about it
3: but what I, you know but what should be worrying though with respect to fundraising and money raising and there's a third party advertising that that's going on yeah. and so and, and and the fact that you're seeing a lot of the unions and ndp unions uh, are are getting quite active and spending a lot of money with respect to third party advertising that's the concern I think but individuals who give money to a local politician or to uh, to the party or whatever based on their rules that's you know it's, it's as long as you're within the rules, you're fine.
1: Okay, and we are going to get to that. We're about to uh, switch over to federal politics. But uh, I want to give the numbers out again. Uh, Are people, are you bothered by this uh, plug of the wine? And by the way, My understanding is that Doug Ford is a teetotaler. I I don't know why you would take a wine recommendation from him. (laughs) Well, if it's (laughs) an Ontario wine,
3: you're not going to go wrong.
1: (laughs) So the numbers to call on this, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're we're moving over to federal politics now, and uh, let's take a call from Clay in Ajax. Hi, Clay how are you? Fine, how are you?
0: Good. I was away at my cottage last week, and unfortunately the reception for 740 is uh, nonexistent, so to speak. So somebody may have already asked this question. Uh, I know somebody was asleep at the wheel when they scheduled the election. I mean, they wouldn't do it on Christmas Day, and it's unfortunate they picked the, the Jewish holiday. But instead of changing the dates all around, can't they just use the advanced poll?
1: Uh, You know what? Uh, I happen to agree with you on this, and I'm Jewish. So, by the way, since I have heard the name of this holiday mangled, it's Shemini Yetzaret. You know, frankly, uh, if it was one of what I would call the big three, but this is one that really you have Orthodox people observe orthodoxly. And frankly, the rest of us don't. Uh, I wasn't even aware. I mean, I, I keep checking my calendar for the main high holidays, the, the New Year and the Day of Atonement before I schedule anything, but but I certainly don't check on Shemini Atzeret. Uh, I mean, uh, if there are rabbis out there who want to give me a call about that, okay. Uh, so, you know, I think to me, this looked like something very specific in a specific writing that's going to affect a specific candidate. And I think that possibly some of the other dates also conflict. I didn't check the advance poll dates. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of hear you. I, I think there probably are enough alternate times, but uh, this... I would not categorize this as a major holiday that, that everybody would know about. I would venture that most Jewish people weren't even aware of it. Um, but, uh, hey, I, I get the principle that, yeah, we're a multicultural society. Thanks, Clay, for your call.
4: Yeah, I think that's a slippery slope. I mean, if we do it, uh, this is a, a, a minority within a minority. Uh, and if we do it here, you know, there could be 50 different holidays that come up almost on on any given day. So I think we need to pick something. But we do need to have enough access to the polls in and around uh, sure. an election day so that if there is any uh, difficulties, people have an opportunity to vote. Um, and sort of uh, extending it to almost a week of voting um, in, in some form or another probably would increase turnout, make it easier for people and uh, and solve problems like yeah, this. Yeah, I
1: would be in favor of, I mean, once somebody checks, the uh, advanced voting days, and if they also conflict. And usually, if you're really orthodox with most holidays, they're... they're are a couple of days where you're not supposed to do anything and and followed by a few days where you can work and do what you need to do.
3: Well, and I think I think they've come a long way with respect to, to advanced polls and, and, uh, and early elections. With You know, I, I remember the days when it was just like literally two days that they picked yeah. the, for advanced polls and it was well, a week or two before the actual election day. Uh, now, I think in some cases you can go to the polling station or the returning office uh, early on. In fact, when the elections called and when the writs dropped and you could actually vote uh, Uh, Throughout the election campaign, so it's it's becoming a lot easier uh, and a lot more accessible, uh, without a doubt, than it was, say, you know, six elections ago.
2: And yeah, uh, exactly. And the chief electoral officer, uh, I think, summed it up very well yesterday when they recommended not moving the date. Uh, And it's about reasonable reasonable accommodation, right? Everybody agrees that you should be able to vote uh, in a reasonable manner. Uh, Nobody's trying to take that away from anybody, but. In our case, uh, there are several advanced days. You can go to your returning office at any point once the writ is dropped. There's also the matter of special ballot. You can do it by a mail. Um, so I don't think there is a tangible argument to be made that uh, somebody's not being provided a, re- a reasonable co- accommodation when it comes to casting their vote.
1: Yeah, and I, again, I think my understanding of this is that it's a particular candidate in a particular writing that has a large Orthodox population, and she thought it would affect her chances and... Who knows? Maybe she's right, but uh, whatever. Um, moving right along, uh, we've been seeing a lot of polls on the federal election. And generally, they are all showing that Andrew Scheer, who had a lead going into this, is losing that lead, that it's getting very, very close, that the liberals are getting over SNC and and whatever other uh, problems that they had. And uh, yeah, uh, what's your take on that, John?
3: Well, you know, I think polls are always a snapshot in time. And I think we have to always be mindful of the fact that a poll that's taken today is, is based on uh, what people view uh, things are happening in their mind today. And then it's, you know, we're in the dog days of summer. So a lot of folks aren't focusing yet on uh, on the election campaign. A lot of them are still out in their cottages and, and enjoying the barbecue and the warm weather. But notwithstanding that, um, you know, there are indicators uh, and, and certainly we as as political pundits look at trends. And I think the trend that we saw uh, for, w- with the federal liberals over the course of the last number of, of months, um, you know, not, not, specifically with SNC lavalin but certainly during his Indian trip uh, when um, his trip to India where when the Prime Minister was heavily uh, uh, criticized uh, by, by folks even within his own party about that and uh, and then since then of course SNC-Lavalin, which is much more serious we the trend for him not only in his personal popularity which is actually more significant in some cases has been going down and the trend of the party was going down. I think um, you know the fact that they were able to turn the page on that in some way shape or form was po- was positive. I got, got him a- off that topic and into something that he wants to talk about, which is you know announcements and some of the other th- issues that he's been he's been dealing with. Um, I think they made a, a bit of a mistake with Gerald Butts coming back in because that allowed the media and the pundits and the opposition to come back and re-f- reframe the whole SNC Lavalin issue again when it was pretty much done. Uh, and uh, and you know and I'm I'm a, I'm a friend of uh, Gerald Butts and I think he's he's quite a bright bright man, um, but I think that was a mistake. To Sort of announced that he was going to be part of the team because it did allow for another three or four weeks of, of yeah, media on they, that issue. If they
1: didn't announce it and somebody realized it, it would be hey, they're hiding it. And
3: yeah, well, and I guess you know, trying to do it now in the summertime, they were trying to get. But again, it became an issue, and I think he's going to get some 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 hit on it from from a polling perspective. Um, but I still think it's tight. I think when you look at sort of the aggregate polling, there's the Liberals have, have regained some, but I think the the fact that the Conservatives are still within the margin of error in most polls is still uh, is still telling.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think uh, let's remember uh, four years ago at this time we were being told we were going to have Prime Minister Tom Mulcair. So let's not get too, too carried away with the polls, uh, because I think we're going to see a few uh, up and downs over over the next period of time. That being said, liberals I talked to and I've talked to quite a few in the last little while are feeling much better than they were, let's say, three, uh, three months ago. Things have stabilized in the Atlantic They've got a good lead in big chunks of Quebec. Uh, in Ontario, they're feeling much more comfortable uh, in their suburban seats, among other things. Ford Ford comes up at every second door uh, for a lot of these guys canvassing and not in a positive way for conservatives. Uh, they'll likely hold some of their seats in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. They'll get zero in Alberta, uh, and they'll likely hold 10 or 12 of the 17 seats they have in B.C. I rate them probably somewhere between an absolute low of about 145 and an absolute high of about 100. 80. They're probably around 155 right now. Uh, but uh, we're a long way away from the election. Things that are working for them economy is decent. Uh, they're on the right side of the climate change issue. And uh, they have a more modern urban feel to them in a country that's 80% urban. Uh, sheer, you know, feels like he fell off the set of Leave it to Beaver. You know, it's like it's about 1954 with this guy. So they have some work to do with him. Uh, Singh is not a viewed as a serious leader. Uh, he's not viewed as a serious leader by New Democrats. So they've got a lot of work to do there. And I think, I think, what's his name, from the Beauce? Uh, oh, Maxime. Uh, Maxime. Maxime Bernier. Maxime Bernier has, has some appeal and will nip at the heel of the Conservatives, which is not Andrew Shear's fault, but he'll be there doing that. So all those things combined are, are helpful to Trudeau.
1: Yeah, and it's it, it, it's interesting with the Conservatives. I'm not sure that the way they are putting Andrew Shear out is the right way to be doing it. And uh, the other Interesting thing. I mean, speaking of trying to trot out things that I don't think are are resonant with people. So there's an emergency session of the Foreign Affairs Committee today, and they're dealing with the fact that it's come out that former ambassadors to China were muzzled and told to check with the PMO or with the government before they said anything about China, not to advise people not to travel to China. Uh, Now, I know that that this is a big deal in the foreign affairs community, but I think it's kind of inside baseball. Well, weirdly enough, if
2: I... And the the fact that nobody is paying attention because it's the summer for reasons that have already been referenced. But I think... More importantly, uh, and I, I don't feel I have to inform the two other uh, panelists on the show today, uh, campaigns matter. And right now, um, we're way too far out to be making reasonable predictions about how things will conclude on October
3: 21st. A I
1: do so <laughs> uh, uh,
2: A couple of things I'm looking at with tremendous interest. Uh, there was a couple of polls recently uh, that have the block that claw uh, way up from where they were, uh, which will be concerning to both. Uh, the federal Tories and the federal Liberals. uh, If they're at around 20%, they're going to get quite a few seats. Uh, That puts them, frankly, in uh, um, uh, uh, respected party status. Uh, I believe you have to get over 12 or 13. Um, So I think that's going to be a huge consideration. Uh, And I agree with the other two on the remainder items. Suburban Ontario uh, is likely what this is going to come down to, uh, so long as the Liberals don't completely bottom out uh in the atlantic provinces but uh, you know going back from snc and how how low they were i think it's a reasonable consideration that they have started climbing back up that slope a little bit uh and that's something we've seen before with previous governments when they make a mistake and they have to do a sort of mea culpa tour uh they drop uh and then they slowly start creeping up to where they naturally ought to be um so i think you're going to go into uh an election where uh, you've got basically a two horse race with with spoilers in the back
3: and the Green Party, you know, you know Bob mentions yeah. obviously Jagmeet Singh and, and the fact that he just hasn't been picking up at all over the course of the last, you know, whatever times he's been an, M- an MP and, and leader of the NDP. But the Green Party is starting to get some surge and sort of how much they take away from the NDP and, and which ridings and which provinces they do well are going to play a huge factor in this as well, especially for the Conservatives.
1: And, and one of our callers has a bunch of predictions. So uh, why don't we take Paul in Toronto? Hi, Paul. Yeah, hi, Libby. Um, Just uh, my prediction, um, I I, I don't know much uh,
4: about May's party. I I know May is a month in the spring. That's all I know about that party. Um, I don't think they're going to make any significant um, change in our uh, electric uh, election come October, but I think uh, what will probably happen here uh, come October we're probably going to see the liberals, uh, reduced to a minority government, which, which is not a bad thing. I don't share, I don't think sheer is ready, um, to be the, um, next prime minister. And I know, um, uh, I, I, I believe the NDP is going to be a complete wipeout, uh, after this election, uh, just by basing it on his performance. So
1: that's my prediction. Um, and we'll see if, if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for that, Paul. What do you guys think?
4: Well, say that was pretty good. I was going to say, <laughs> Bob will hey, likely hey, agree hey, with no, him.
2: Sorry? <laughs> too far off. Sorry? He's not too far off. Yeah, I
1: yeah. I, I think the uh, Green Party will do better than Paul was giving them credit for, but but I think otherwise, yeah, he's pretty pretty <laughs> it, right
3: on. It, it'll be despite May, uh, quite frankly, Elizabeth May, but I think the Green Party certainly and, and some of their some of the leaders and the fact that they now have two seats in Ottawa is, is quite significant. And the fact that they played such a significant role out in the land of Canada uh, plays well too, and and but I do think it, you know the minority government either way, I think is something that a lot of folks are looking at. You know, I think it could could break, and Bob did a a good analysis of. Some of the provinces and 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 what you know, I think the Tories are going to pick up for sure in Atlantic Canada, where they had zero seats, so they've got some to gain there. Uh, and and Ontario becomes the battleground. And I think um, Ashton mentioned um, uh, Quebec and the fact that the Bloc Québécois are, are doing so well. That is a huge uh, issue, quite frankly. And and the fact that they now have a popular leader for the first time in a long I, time is playing is playing uh, well for them.
1: My bad. I had to look up the name of the leader. They've had so many changes. It is Yves François Blanchet. Uh, and, decent,
4: decent leader for the block, by the way. Yeah, yeah,
3: like for the first time in a long time, yeah. I would say.
1: Now, j- just one thing that I, I want to get away, uh, get out of the way with that. So there are people who say, "Okay, Jagmeet Singh has not had a good performance, but he's he's going nowhere in Quebec because of the turban." Is is that? Do you think that's correct? Um,
4: how do I put this politely? Yes, uh, I, I think I think it's an issue on the Island of Montreal. It is not an issue. Uh, it's very cosmopolitan. Off of the island of Montreal, um, it tends to be, uh, frankly, xenophobic, or a lot of it is. And the and I think it's going to be tougher for the for for the NDP. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's right. But I think uh, they're going to find it difficult. But I think more importantly, he just doesn't speak to Quebec issues, uh, and I think they have 20 seats today. And if they have two coming out of the next election, I'll be surprised.
3: Yeah, notwithstanding, I, I, I agree with Bob on that. Uh, as far as, as as far as the effect of the, of the turban, and, and with respect to not only in Quebec and <clears throat> rural Quebec, but certainly in uh, rural areas across Canada. But but I think his issue was the fact that he doesn't have a command on the policies coming in. So forget this, his, sort of. The turban and 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 sort of that from for one second, but when he became leader and he was he was uh, faced with some pretty heavy issues that he just didn't have a grasp on uh, And wasn't able to get airtime and get oxygen in the media and then you know people kept blaming all well, the fact that he was sitting on the sidelines. He wasn't an MP uh, an MPP yet He was just leader of the NDP so then when he won his seat uh, there was some talk that he would go in the house and he would have this presence and it just never happened So I think he fell flat on that So I think it was more just the fact that a lot of his his uh, colleagues were doing a lot of the speaking on those heavy issues And he wasn't around
1: I
2: agree and I think it I think it's atrocious that we actually have to talk about that whole issue in the first place. I think it's disgusting and I think there's a, a long way Uh, that people in Quebec uh, have to go with respect to accommodation. Um, But what I will say is that's not the reason why Jagmeet Singh is going to lose. He's going to lose because he's uninspiring, inarticulate, and an inefficient leader. And that's why he's going to lose, and they're going to be wiped out.
4: I I follow, follow him on Instagram, and he says nothing. He has literally nothing to say. And, uh, he, you know, it's
1: great it, in his clothes. And this, this has been like a, a
4: year and a half. I actually thought he was a pretty decent member of the Ontario legislature. Mm-hmm. And yep. I thought I could he have been I could have a leader. And I him. thought he was he did a decent job on the car insurance issue and some other stuff. So I actually had pretty good hopes, high hopes for him. And I think he's been a disappointing leader so far.
3: And, he, and he's got an amazingly uh, powerful personal story. The book that he yeah. wrote and the sort yeah. of the challenges that he faced as a kid and his family and whatnot. And, and certainly releasing that book, I think, you know, in the timing of it sort of, did him some, some some you know, ill repair or ill some damage within the political context of the timing of it. But notwithstanding that, he had a really powerful story. And a lot of that would resonate with a lot of Canadians, but it just hasn't.
1: Okay, we're out of time. Thank you so much to our strategy panel, Ashton Arsenault in Ottawa, John Capobianco and Bob Richardson here. Thanks for that. And uh, we'll Thanks, be back Libby. next Tuesday.
0: A lot of fun, Libby. Thank Thanks, you. Libby. Okay.